Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, CT. This time I'm calling you. How about that? <laughs> uh, wait, Bluetooth problem? One second. Something going on there? I called him and he had sent me a text message that said that he was on the border of Ukraine and Russia and the alarms were firing off in the sky. And he said that that he wanted to talk tonight and that 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 these alarms, when you're on the border, do not go away like they did in Lviv. And he's been traveling for the past week. He's been documenting all of these photographs and these these videos of traveling across the country because when when Joe said that they were raising funds to serve the community he meant it and that's what they're doing right now is they're taking supplies to these men and women across Ukraine and and today he wrote to me and said that hey look we're 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 here we're here and i think the thing that scared me the most is when he said the russians saw me today I want you to think about that. The Russians saw me today. Let's try to call him again. Are you there? There you uh, are. Can hear you? Can you hear me? Okay. There you are. It, it's, yes, now I hear you. It's not like we're calling the local Harris Teeter up the street, are we? No. <laughs> Indeed, we're not. Are you not calling from Harris Teeter? Right? No. Um, <laughs> uh, and and you're not you're not speaking to me in Lviv either, which is where I have been in Western Ukraine for some for almost two years. Uh, I'm currently in the city of Nikopol which is more than 600 miles east of Lviv, and it's on the Dnieper River. Uh, and today, when I was on the riverbanks, I could see the, on the opposite banks the Russian-occupied territory of Ukraine. The Russians could see us as we stood on the riverbanks, and I saw the largest nuclear plant in Europe, which the Russians have, have held uh, for a couple months, and where Ukrainians are currently working as hostages but trying to keep the place safe. Europe and the world. You have sent out some of the most amazing pictures of Ukraine and, and the photos that you have posted. Dude, I guarantee you that 90% of this globe did not know how beautiful that nation is. 
Yeah, I, I didn't either until I came here. And I think the most travel shows that came that came to Ukraine, you know, uh, uh, you know, you'd see on Netflix or BBC, they always came here in the winter time. Uh, uh, you know, after the leaves fell and before the snow. So they always picked the worst time and they always went to another nuclear plant, Chernobyl. And, and that was the stick. But actually, Ukraine is, uh, the mountains are beautiful. But uh, as I saw on my trip across the country, uh, the rolling hills and fields, which provide so much of the food, well, until the Russian blockade of Odessa provided so much of the food for the world, especially for Africa and starving nations, is absolutely beautiful. More shades of green than I've even seen in Ireland. It's really spectacular. So so true. So true. Now, before we even take another step, I, I want listeners to understand that when you say that you are receiving funds to serve the people, you are actively involved because that's exactly what you're doing. You left the comforts of Lviv to go where you are right now because you are bringing supplies to people. That's correct. Uh, we are uh, UkrainianFreedomNews.com, and we, uh, we've been sharing news on Telegram and on our website, but... Uh, we, we, we've also been working, we, we hear every day of requests, uh, frontline units uh, and hospitals that need uh, everything from, from uh, first aid, you know, military grade first aid kits, helmets, bulletproof vest, uh, sh- combat shoes. And so uh, uh, our team is always delivering these around the country, but I wanted to travel myself and to be able to report better. And so we went to the city of Dnipro uh, two days ago. We visited a military hospital, the reanimation ward. I saw soldiers who have been horribly disfigured. Uh, and in fact, it was so it was so bad, Arrow, that the chief doctor uh, offered every, everyone in our group uh, some brandy afterward because it was <laughs> it was very it was very difficult to. Uh, and you know, uh, one of the guys had lost his legs and he was still able to crack a joke. And that's the, the strength of the Ukrainian spirit. Um, uh, and then uh, we came down from Dnipro down here to Nikopol uh, also to deliver supplies and to really understand what, what it's like to live right at the front uh, and to, to, to know that Russians are watching you. And we just finished two hours of an air alarm. Uh, in Lviv, the alarms sound only briefly, and that tells you to get to shelter. Most people don't go to shelter now. But here, the threat is so dire that the alarm sounds at a deafening volume as long as there's a threat. And so, so tonight, we lived under that noise for two hours. And it underscores the seriousness of the threat. You were just a baby boy when my wife first met you, and and you lived right across the street from her. She wants to know how and where you find this drive to do what it is that you're doing, because you are really proving how powerful journalism is. Uh, well, th- thank you for that, and thank you to uh, to Lee. I, I, it's, I, I, it, I mean, part of you know, I ended up here sort of. Accidentally, I, I came here in March 2020 when the pandemic started. And initially, I was stuck, and now I see that there must be a reason why I was here. I, I understand this country pretty well, and I know lots of people here, so I've, I'm well positioned to tell the story of it. And yeah, the, the, there is a drive to 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 say, okay, it's not enough to to stay in the one city I was in, but 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 to 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 see the reality in the country, and knowing there are so many brave people that you know that that refuse to leave their homes. Uh, and, and then when you see, you know, how women and children have been attacked, when children have lost arms and legs uh, in this. Uh, and so know, knowing that, it gives you, uh, gives you courage uh, to, to not really think too much about things and to, and to go and, and find the truth. And especially when I see, sometimes it seems in America, we're losing steam on, on supporting Ukraine. And, you know, I hear we, we had a very popular Twitter journalist visit who has spread a lot of us. Oh, 
a nice guy, but it spread some misinformation about Ukraine. And he came here and I wanted to show him this is real. And th these are free people. And if, if freedom can be taken here, it can be taken anywhere. It was certainly, because Ukrainians will fight for it, I think, more, more than anyone. One of the things that I'm learning from this is 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 that real in-depth source of love for your for country. I I got to be honest with you. I find more inspiration and influence from what you guys are doing in Ukraine because it seems like over here we ah, throw it away. It, it'll it'll handle itself. It'll work itself out. I'm I'm not sure that's a good way to walk. Yeah, Errol, and I think this is a reckoning America needs, you know, is, is, is entering. I mean, you look at the, the school shooting in, in Texas. Yep. You know, why, why do these things happen? And, you know, what, what, what needs to be fundamentally changed? And, you know, here right now, we're in a country where almost everyone is armed. And you don't see anyone walking into a school. You know, the only people coming into a school and shooting are the Russians uh, or, you know, from the air or a hospital. Uh, but the uh, you know I can't even imagine that happening in this culture. There's even before this war, there was such solidarity, and and uh, uh, I think it's sort of the structure of the villages and the families and the rituals that, that give people reason to live and to care for each other. And I think that's something that America has lost, and that we can learn from Ukraine. You know, as America supports Ukraine with weapons and money, I think that America can learn about uh, you know how to live freely. Uh, and decently uh, from, from this society. So when you stood on that shore and you looked across, they saw you, the Russians, and you saw them. Did you see humans on the other side? No, I did not. I did not have binoculars or and, and it would be sort of dangerous to have. It would actually it would be dangerous to be wearing uh, protective gear like a helmet because then you become even more, even though Russians will, will attack civilians, um, if you were dressed in any way with some protective gear or had some you know uh you know a, a, a visual aid like a binocular you would become a target immediately uh so uh so i didn't see but 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 they could surely uh you know with their listening equipment uh, uh most likely could hear us and uh i, I did a chicago radio show I, I wanted really to bring the listeners to that place so i did the radio show from that spot uh and uh uh so he had the feeling of being watched we saw some some a growing cloud of smoke um, uh, just upriver from the nuclear plant. So, so not at the plant, uh, a big cloud of smoke and, you know, who knows what was going on there. Uh, but it's uh, the Russians had been the past weeks concentrating their energy uh, uh, further northeast of here in the city of Severodonetsk, where they now they occupy, as of today, 80 percent of the city. Uh, I met in Dnipro a couple of days ago, uh, a couple who had escaped from there. And then the guy went back to try to, uh, to, to get some family out of there. And I said, what was your impression when you saw the city last week? And he said one word. He said, Jacques, which mm. means horror. Uh, so, so the Russians have been concentrated there. So it, at the moment, it's calm here. But there's a sense that any moment by, by, by river or by land, they could make their assault. Uh, I spoke a lot with the soldiers here who have been protecting the city since day one. I have high confidence in them. Uh, but it's... The threat is, is very close, Arrow. Do Ukrainians believe in the propaganda that the Russians seem to be weakening and they're having to get younger soldiers and stuff like that? Because I, I, I don't believe that story. Do you? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't want to be complacent in, in saying that you know, Russia is, is so weak and is screwed up entirely. I mean, I think one, one area that one sort of data point that uh, encourages me in that idea is uh, or is discouraging idea is uh, the, the, the global uh, food supply shortage, you know, Ukraine, uh, for example, Ukraine provided 
before the war, 50% of the food for the United Nations uh, global, I forget what it's called, the Global Food Fund, which funds impoverished nations in the Middle East and Africa, 50% of that came from Ukraine. Now zero, because they can't export uh, because of the blockade. Uh, but this is also affecting Europe and soon will affect America. Meanwhile, Russia is the largest geographical country in the world. They can feed their people. And I, I would not be surprised that that was part of Putin's calculation, that he could, he could get the world to, to bend to his will eventually when it comes to food and when it comes especially to oil and gas. What's more important to you, the weather report or the war report? Uh, well, I would say I was, the, the, the war report, of course. Right. But, you know, the, but it's interesting you asked that question because tonight uh, I was uh, walking back uh, before the curfew uh, to my hotel and there was, a, there was a, 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 a thunderstorm and lightning in the sky. So, you know, the threat from nature. And then all of a sudden, while the lightning was flashing, we had the threat from, from evil people. Uh, we, we heard the air raid alarm. See? And so, and here we are, right? Exactly. And here, so we, you're very wise. Uh, and here we are right across from the largest nuclear plant in Europe, just about five kilometers away. And you look in the sky and you hear these flashes and in the shadows, and then you hear this eerie alarm, and uh, it, it could drive you mad. So l- let me ask you a question, because, I mean, m- my entire childhood, I mean, I saw the birth of nuclear nuclear power plants and stuff like that, I- and I always, I've always feared that my entire life, in fear of exactly where you presently stand. They are not destroying that plant. They're utilizing the energy of that plant by turning these people into slaves. But but I, it, it's so bizarre that that it's like you you could silence a lot, but they're not. What what what's going on? Well, I'm, you know, one thing, and I had many questions about that, and that's one reason why I came to this city, uh, uh, Nikopol. And the name of the city, by the way, is Greek for victory, which is a sign of hope. But the you know one thing. If, if, if the Ukrainians want to take back that land across the river, they cannot shell it. Shell it. Uh, they have to only attack by infantry because it, it, it would risk creating some nuclear disaster. And so it's very strategic of the Russians to have it. It makes it very difficult for Ukraine to take that territory back. Mm. Uh, and I, perhaps that's part of the reason. I think a lot of it was psychological, too. They knew that, I mean, look, you know, the, the European capitals in Washington it seems, are ultimately terrified of Russia's nuclear bomb threat. And, and they knew by controlling uh, uh, the largest nuclear plant in Europe that it would uh, somehow project an image of strength despite Russia's uh, failures in this war. They announced yesterday that China could take on Taiwan, but it would be a bloody mess. I hope that this war where you presently stand is not as the inspiration. Yeah, and this is why Ukraine keeps saying, you know, they, they, Ukraine needs weapons and needs and needs ammunition. Uh, they even the soldiers here need pickup trucks because so they can carry their equipment to go fight uh, in the battlefield. Uh, and they're pleading for that uh, because, uh, you know, if if, if if this drags on and Ukraine is not resupplied, then it could quietly fall. Mm-hmm. And if that happens. Look at what happened to Finland and Sweden and Latvia and, that, and Poland. And that's why those countries are really working to help Ukraine. Uh, and by the same token, uh, the Chinese are certainly watching this. Ch- Russia needs China, by the way. So I don't know if Russia would undertake any major action without Chinese approval. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't know. We don't know behind the scenes what, what's been maneuvering there. The common thing is Taiwan is a free nation where, where people speak Chinese. And that is a threat to the communist idea in Beijing. 
because if people can live freely in Taiwan, why can't they not live freely in China? And by the same extension, if people can live freely in Ukraine and prosper, why is such a future not possible for Russia? And I think that's why Putin, one reason why Putin wants to destroy the idea of Ukraine and erase it from from the map. See, and when, when you say that, that takes us way back, way back to one of our very first conversations. This is not new. This has been going on for several years, and the average person does not understand the victory of, what, 14 years ago versus what is happening today. This has always been taking place. Absolutely, and I'm glad you mentioned that, because that, that and I think a lot of uh, uh, elites in Washington and Brussels don't mention that, the revolution of 2014, because they, too, are threatened in the same way I think they were threatened by the Ottawa protest. Um, they're threatened by, I mean, when, when 2014, when the people took back their democracy, they kicked out Putin's puppet regime here in, in, in Kyiv, and all of a sudden Ukraine became a democracy again, and it, that makes it unpredictable and uncontrollable. And here where I am in Nikopol is the heartland of the Ukrainian Cossacks, which for centuries, uh, in fact, uh, a friend here today said they are the freedom people. The Cossacks are ungovernable. Uh, they govern themselves, you know, they, they respect tradition and family, but they are ungovernable by outside forces. And that's what the Ukrainians did in 2014. And that, I think, this is why Putin for eight years and now most vehemently is trying to destroy uh, and bring them back under his control. Can, can I be honest with you? So, I, first of all, um, a lot of people don't realize that I love history. I love studying history. And and I was doing some studying of Andrew Jackson this past weekend because I was at Andrew Jackson State Park. And I was going, okay, what what is it about Andrew Jackson? What people don't realize, he started a war with Mexico so that the United States would make its way all the way to the West Coast. My God, why are we any different than anything else that's going on? Yeah, uh, this is a good question. I think, I mean, you know... <laughs> That's Ukrainians, for example, say that they simply want to be left alone. They were never trying to conquer another nation. Uh, and and I think this is one reason why there's a lot why there is some skepticism in America for supporting Ukraine, because a lot of Americans, including friends and fighters I know here, um, American retired soldiers here, they're sick of the, the 20 years in Afghanistan, mm -hmm. you know, and, and as you go back, yeah, go back to the, you know, to manifest destiny and why, you know, why do we. Why does America always have to be, uh, you know, invading uh, and trying to conquer others? And and there is a, people are tired of that. But the, but this war is totally different. This this war, you know, America has a chance to to definitely be on the right side um, and support a country that is under, you know, being suffocated and under existential threat. So then you um, so you support those missiles that were just sent over there, where Russia's going, whoa, 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 what are you guys doing? Yeah, you know, President Biden made clear that the well, which I don't know how accurate it is, but the, the missiles cannot hit Russia. Um, you know, we have, to be, we have to be so delicate around Russia, which is ridiculous to me. But um, uh, yes, I mean, Ukraine needs more of these. And uh, 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 it's it's so hard to trust the voices from Washington. I mean, when we hear the $40 billion in aid and every day, you know, we're scrambling to get cobbled together a few bucks to get soldiers bulletproof vests and helmets. Uh, there's... We need more journalism on it because there's a lot of big questions about where that money's go going. Um, you know, the Biden family has made so much money from pro-Russian interest in Ukraine. Uh, there's a lot of questions we have to ask, and we really have to very closely watch, you know, how this aid gets to Ukraine. When do these weapons arrive, arrive in Ukraine? And one thing I suspect, and, and I'm talking with military experts here, a lot of, when we see a $40 billion aid package, 
a lot of that is simply evaluation. And the Defense Department is sending old equipment that they're ready to get rid of to Ukraine, but they put the price tag on it. And then when they buy the new equipment, they pass another spending bill. Uh, and so th these are things we really need to keep an eye on, th these sort of uh, financial shenanigans uh, in the Congress. I, I, th I guess I'm a skeptic. I guess I'm a pessimist. I guess. But here's, here's the thing. I just think it's really funny how we come out of Afghanistan and, and Russia goes into, into Ukraine. What gives here? This seems like this was well orchestrated. Yeah, and I, I, it's and also we left a lot of valuable weapons in Afghanistan that Ukraine could certainly use right now, uh, and uh, the, the timing is, is is bizarre. And uh, but I think you know the, there's a popular narrative in America that somehow it's Ukraine colluding with with uh, with the United States and the West on this, which is utterly ridiculous. And I, I because <laughs> I mean I've tra traveling this country, seen you know. How this was this peaceful, growing, prosperous nation, and now every single citizen's life is on life is on hold. Uh, last week, for the first time, really, I'm walking down the streets or going into the shops and seeing friends. So many people started crying in front of me. They finally mm. hit that point, and uh, this is uh, so. So it, it, you know, if any if anyone was colluding, it would you have to be someone outside of Ukraine on this because this was a nation where happy, prosperous, and um, uh, and growing and transforming in a good way, and uh, uh, and and all of that is is I mean, most of that is paused now. People try to keep going, but it's uh, their dreams are 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 on hold right now, and uh, no one wants that. I've recorded every conversation we've ever had in the way of I remember back there during the COVID days where you united so many people of spirituality and stuff like that, and we had those conversations with people, uh, you know, from from all different directions, and then to find ourselves in this place of now, I mean, it, it, it's 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 almost like that, you know, they said, uh, Joe, uh, we got to put you on the desert. Go find the river or the ocean or the sea that you're supposed to split. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's uh. Uh, uh, today I, I met with, uh, one of the fiercest warriors, uh, in, in this region. And, uh, uh, we, we had a great conversation and he told me some of his stories. And then, uh, as I was leaving the meeting, he gave me his, uh, he has, uh, the Veshibanka is the traditional garment of the Ukrainians. Uh, it's a very colorful garment. And he had a special, uh, bespoke camouflage version of it. And, uh, he gave this to me, this very special garment and, and said, you know, wear this as a reminder of you know how we need you to share our stories yep and uh and so yeah i think uh, there's a reason why i got stuck here two years ago and i had to, like you know two years of research and understanding this country and and now is the time to to put it together and to share what it means i come from the world of native american spirituality the coup stick is a very powerful tool you walk up to your enemy and you touch them with this stick and you say the power of coup now you go back wow. to your rightful place and they're going to come and they're going to play coup with you. Do you find yourself ever walking up to a Russian soldier and saying, hi, my name is Joe. I'm from the United States. I, th I think we can get along. Uh, well, that's it's interesting. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, you know, the first day of the war, we imagined uh, having to you know, see Russians in the streets of Lviv. People felt that. Um, obviously that, that, that never materialized, nothing like it. Um, but, uh, you know, no, I, I, I can't imagine that, but I, I mean, there are reports of Russian soldiers who, you know, when they're, when they're held as prisoners of war, they, they break down and they cry and they say, you know, we didn't know we were lied to. We didn't know what we were getting into. 
so so perhaps, but you know, Ukrainians have a pretty big anger for all the Russian people because they said you could have, you know, Ukrainians chose in 2014 not to put up with this stuff. Right. Uh, and 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 they said you have to be brave. You got to make a choice in life. Uh, you know, maybe it's like, you know, when when there's a shooter in the school, do you stand outside or do you go in? Yeah. And you know, if you don't go in, do we so say, well, we're so sorry, or are we sorrier for the little kids inside? And so by the same extension, Ukrainians say to the Russian people and the soldiers, be brave because you are you are allowing this to happen. Well, I, I got to be honest with you. The, the struggle that I face is that corporate America says I'm supposed to run away from the gunfire, but religion tells me I'm supposed to run to the chariots. Guess where I'm going? I'm going to the chariots. To the chariots. Uh, wow, that's that's a great imagery and something really to 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 think about, especially as I uh, carry on on this trip here. To the chariots. Let me ask you a question here. My father fought in World War II. My father had PTSD before PTSD was even a word in the vocabulary. You were on that forefront. You're, you're, my father's World War II was black and white in the photos that we see. You are seeing a colorized war. My, my father never spoke of what he did until his deathbed, where he, he shot and killed two people. I did not know that he carried that with him ever. And, and this war, and that's why this war in, you know, AD 2022 is so different because they're, you know, people can take videos of, of, of their uh, firefights. I, I heard uh, today an amazing story of, of uh, five soldiers that uh, carried the, the dead body of their comrade for 12 kilometers, uh, which what is, I forget, uh, like, you know, seven miles. Uh, uh, and, and because we, you know, we have ability to document these things, um, I, I think, you know, we hear there's, there's fewer stories that are kept silent. And I think also with all the research we've had over the years, and I have some American veteran friends in Ohio that have a great program where they pair songwriters with veterans and the veteran shares their story with the songwriter and the, and the, and the musician makes music about their the stories that they're afraid to tell. Because it really is a sense that you have to share these stories. I, One, for yourself, but also for the world to know. I want to see your real writing, not the stuff that's in journalism. I want to know if you're Peter or if you're Paul. I, I, I just really want to know which <laughs> one you are. And you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know if I know the answer. But, uh, <laughs> uh, okay, I need, I need to. And I think I'm going to take a couple of days. Uh, 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 with no interviews and only writing. I, gotta, I, have to, I have to think about all these experiences. And then I look forward to your verdict. I, I really want to see your personal journals one day. I really do. I and, and I'll give you mine. I, I It's not what you've experienced, but but we live in two worlds of journalism and and broadcasting. OK, fair trade. Uh, all right. I will I will I will send you uh, have been keeping the war journal and uh, with a friend and some guests here. We've been making a uh, audio war journal, which usually ends up being a little bit depressing. But the goal is to capture the mood of these moments so we don't we don't forget what it was like do you think you're um, do you think at any time that you will face a moment of lazarus in, in the way that that something will be given a resurrection yeah I mean, I've, I've seen that throughout I mean, I, the past like as i said last week was extremely challenging for for me and for lots of people a lot of things seemed not to be working there was a weariness setting in uh uh people were starting i don't know not necessarily not trusting each other but all the cooperations and all the, the work we'd had in the first 90 days of the war started to fall apart. Uh, and as I said, I ran to multiple people who were crying. I was talking with a girl um, uh, who uh, uh, we, we 
talked before and we were just getting a beer in a bar and she said someday she wakes up and wants to kill herself because because all of her dreams are gone and everything's over it seems but then she said she realizes that you know that would be a victory for moscow and that would also you know be a wound to to her country and everyone around her and so she gets out of bed and says no she must continue to you know must do something to contribute to the victory and like by same extension i had very tough string of days and um we had one amazing volunteer in Poland, uh, you know, who, who sort of keeps our spirits up from the outside. Um, and, and it just takes a few good words from someone and to turn that ship around and, and to say, okay, yeah, I guess that was, it was a Lazarus moment. Uh, uh, and uh, I said, with that new energy, I hit the road to, to explore this country and, and to, to hear more Ukrainian voices. Um, so that's, yeah, well, well said. It's it, it's amazing how those stories are still alive. So as you made your way to the border, and I promise you this is the deepest I'm going to go, as you made your way to the border, did someone reach out to touch you? And I think you may, be, you may understand that story where everything stopped because he was touched. And number two, when you got to the border, did somebody from the other side come and drink from the well? And people will understand what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, actually, as you as you describe it that way, I, I can think I've probably it's happened more times than I than I can realize. But two moments in particular during this war: one, I, uh, maybe the second month, I had a, another very difficult day, um, and with lots of demands and things not working. Uh, and I went into a church in Lviv, of which there are many, and I just said a small, very quick prayer, uh, like you know, to, to God, send send since someone who can kind of help because everything's <laughs> falling apart. And uh, a few minutes later, a, uh, a friend sent, uh, um, uh, sent me a message and said, uh, you know, meet me at this point and uh, we'll pick you up. And he and his girlfriend picked me up and brought me to a park where we left our phones in the car and we walked deep into the forest where we could really speak freely uh, about everything. And uh, that was one such moment. Uh, and then there was a, uh, uh, this uh, last weekend with uh, the the woman uh, Beata from Poland, who um, uh, was so cheerful and and she seemed to know exactly what I was going through, and she said, you know, this these are the moments when the most difficult ones when you have to pick yourself up and keep going. Um, that's it. And uh, word, yeah. So you yes, arrow, yeah. You walked into the forest. You you know yeah. of these trees that are around us. When you come home, you have to come into the forest with me. Ah, I look forward to it. Uh, indeed, uh, uh, that great forest uh, in uh, in Charlotte, and uh, uh, yes, uh, and one day uh, y'all come to the forest of Ukraine and we'll go looking for mushrooms. Oh, and, uh, that's! <laughs> I would love to see an airlines promotion saying that Ukraine, the country that everybody needs to see. I believe so, and uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, it is a beautiful place, and uh, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I hope I hope uh, we'll, you know. Uh, uh, I, I look forward to that that nice future when the land is cleared of mines and uh, the forests are free again, and uh, people can experience the joy and the beauty of this country. Okay, who who's going to do that? Because you know you you do realize that Paul McCartney's wife, uh, Linda McCartney, was very big into that, and so was Princess Di, getting those mines out of the soil. I mean, who is putting focus on that right now? Do you know of any evidence of that? Uh, well, actually, yeah, the, the Ukrainian uh, Ukrainian military is very sharp about. Um, um, uh, I mean, I think they're doing an amazingly effective job. I mean, uh, because they have to go in advance of all the units as they um, 
you know, as they try to push back against the Russians. But uh, it's going to, you know, like with prosecuting war crimes, it's going to be a big thing uh, after victory. I mean, like the, the river banks that I was on today um, is a beautiful, warm spring day today. Normally people would be on the beach, they'd be swimming in the river. And you can't. Well, you can't for many reasons, but one of them is it's full of mines. Yep. Um, it's just really hard. You know, it's just it's terrible that we can bring so much destruction. Um, uh, you know, and, and as I said, I, I visited a, a prosthetic limb plant in Dnipro uh, two days ago where they're preparing, you know, new arms and legs for people because someone had to blow them off. You know, why do we have to do this uh, to each other? I, I don't know what it's doing to your heart. All I know is, is that you're painting a picture of hope trust, truth, faithfulness, and, and, and perseverance. And, and it's through you. God's working. I, I just know I can feel it, dude. Wow. Errol, thank you. Thank you for that. And I, I think, uh, uh, that's, uh, and so many of the conversations here, I think lots of people feel that. I think, uh, you know, this, uh, and especially, yeah, whenever the spirits are low, all you'd have to do is uh, talk to a few people here and, uh, or think of the great support in America. And realize, uh, yeah, listeners, this is, uh, yeah, listeners need to understand that the station that you were talking about in Chicago is WGN. Is that not correct? That's correct. WGN, uh, the uh, show with uh, Bob Surratt every morning. Okay, good. Where where else can they find you? Because people need to tap into what you're doing. This this is not a, a tourist trip over into Ukraine. No, I've been I've been here for two years, but uh, we and we created on the first hours of the war UkrainianFreedomNews.com. Uh, our motto is truth to the world and supplies to Ukraine, uh, ukrainianfreedomnews.com. And there, uh, almost every day, we post a list of very specific requests for soldiers and hospitals. And uh, if you want, you can you can support us. And then we'll share the story of how your support actually helps uh, guys at the front line. And uh, we want people to feel connected to the process and, and, and feel that to know they've supported individual soldiers uh, in their fight. You're on, uh, against evil. You're on that borderline. Do you feel strong? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I feel yeah, strong, I, stronger I than I did in Lviv. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. All right, I can take that to Lee, and I can take that to your mom and dad. I see them all three every day. Every day, <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, give them, give them my love, and uh, I look forward to when we can all... Uh, be back, uh, have a, a good block party at Gatehouse Court there. That's well, remember, Ice Cream Socials, every every Labor Day weekend, that we, we do the ice cream party, man. Patrick came all the time, so it's your turn to come to the to the ice cream party, buddy. It will be a great day of celebration. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, buddy. Hey, God, hey, God hey, loves you. For, you know thanks, that, right? Thanks for the questions. Yeah, this is exactly what I needed. It gives me a good framing to this this current journey across the country. I'm so proud of you. I'm just so proud of you. Uh, thank you, Aaron. You bet. And Dopa Bacina from uh, Nikopol, City of Victory in Ukraine. Thank you, buddy.